0: It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day I'm your host, Noted Baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, I'm going over the different paths that the A season could take. One leads to a deep playoff run, the other leads to selling pieces at the trade deadline. It could go one of a couple of ways, and one of them's a lot more fun than the other, so that's what we're going over today for you guys. Also, today's episode is brought to you guys by RockAuto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Also, make sure to follow Follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's start off with the good stuff. I'm going to take two segments, go down the nice path, and then we'll... End on the bad note, and then we'll get you guys ready for the season the next couple of days. So that's that's the plan. We got prop bets coming on Wednesday. We're doing bold predictions on Thursday on opening day. So if you have any bold predictions, send those to us at Locked On A's on Twitter, uh, or you can Instagram them. I guess just you know write some words and. Take a nice picture and maybe a filter. That'd be great. <laughs> so yeah, if you got bold predictions, send them in. I'll read them on the show for Thursday. I record the night before, so uh, get them in today or tomorrow. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. Let's start with the good news, though. Um, I've said before on the podcast that I really think this team on paper could be more talented than last year's version. Do I wish that the A's had kept Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks? Of course I do. Do I think that they're irreplaceable? I think that we're going to find out starting on Thursday. Uh, the A's also lost Robbie Grossman, and to an extent, Tommy Stella. though he wasn't really with the team for super long. But I guess that, you know, he the A's were the last team that he played for, so I guess they lost him too. Uh, Grossman is a subtraction that I haven't talked about nearly enough, uh, so I, my apologies to Robbie Grossman and his family. But he was another one of those guys that... Gave solid at-bats every time he stepped up to the plate, and he was a great fourth outfield option. Now that responsibility is going to fall to Rule 5 pick Kai Tom, who has looked really great this spring training. He is batting .321 with a .424 on base and a .996 OPS this spring. So the numbers are there, and he's shown great discipline at the dish, and he's shown some skills defensively in the outfield. I'm very excited to see how much playing time he gets to start the season. Uh, maybe he'll be in their opening day with a righty on the mound. We'll see. Uh, I don't know that they want to... We'll see. I'll go with we'll see. Uh, He's been putting on a show this spring, working counts, making plays in the outfield, and going the opposite way. So the optimist in me really wants to think that Tom is going to be a solid contributor and an adequate replacement for Robbie Grossman. So on paper, it looks like they did an okay job filling the spot left by Robbie Grossman. Uh, The bullpen also got remade. Trevor Rosenthal signed a one-year deal taking over the closing duties after Liam Hendricks signed that deal with the White Sox. Last season, Rosenthal tossed 23 and two-thirds innings and had a 180 ERA, which is comparable, very comparable, to Hendricks's 178 ERA in 25 and a third innings. So their ERAs were very close. Hendricks had a little bit of an edge in strikeouts. And if all goes well, the A's should not miss a beat at the back of their bullpen. They've still got J.B. Wendelkin, Jake Diekman, and Lou Trevino, all pretty solid options. Um, use Mero Petit. He got re-signed. Sergio Romo came aboard. Very excited to actually root for the guy. So that's going to be fun after his years with the Giants. Uh, he seems like a wonderful person. That's why I am excited to root for him. Um, and so he's here on a one-year deal. Lefty Adam Kaleric got traded over from the Dodgers. Uh, the the A sent over Sheldon Noisy. He's taking over for TJ McFarlane. That looks like an upgrade as the second lefty coming out of the bullpen. Birch Smith is going to be taking over the eighth arm in the bullpen. So uh, if Birch Smith is your eighth man, if he can capture what he did last year, not a bad eighth option. That is some depth in the bullpen right there. Uh, So far this spring in only eight in the third innings, he has a 648 ERA. He hasn't looked great, but you know, Spring trading, it's whatever. In 12 regular season innings last year, he had a 225 ERA, so he's either the mop-up man in the bullpen while he figures things out. Maybe he just needs to get out of Arizona because sometimes breaking balls don't break in Arizona as well. Uh, So getting to the Coliseum. Maybe that's all he needs. Or maybe he gets DFA'd early-ish in the season, clearing room for Diolas Guerra, Raymond Gudwan, Wanderson Charles, or Miguel Romero in Oakland. Uh, these have depth in the bullpen right now. And uh, that's not even mentioning uh, AJ Puck or Cole Irvin as other potential options to be bullpen pieces. But as the long man in the bullpen, uh, they're not doing that to start the season, but it could be something that they turn to if the rotation's not giving them innings. Maybe they go with AJ Puck or Cole Irvin, Or, you know, even Dalton Jeffries, if he's, uh, you know, available uh, as an option in the bullpen. They've got arms in the bullpen is what I'm saying. They have a lot of arms. I'm very excited Uh, I I don't want to see all of them, but I want all of them to do well when they get to Oakland. So uh, yeah, I think that the next man up mantra could be a nice rallying cry for the A's in the bullpen or the rotation or wherever they need the next man to be up. This team has a lot of depth and I think that that's going to be a nice building block for the A's moving forward in 2021. Uh, But let's move over to the biggest name that was acquired and that has to be Elvis Andrews, who will be taking over the shortstop duties for the departed Marcus Simeon. Andrews has been in the league for 12 seasons And and whenever people ask me about the A's over like the last month and a half since he got added to the team, they ask about Elvis Andrews and they're like, how's he doing? How's he looking? Is he better? Is he still good? And, uh, you know, right now spring training was not great for him, you know, statistically, but he's healthy and that's really all you need from Elvis Andrews right now. The stats will come. And even though people keep asking me about Elvis Andrews, I don't think that he's a focal point for this club. They just want Elvis to be Elvis. If he hits 280 and plays great defense, then that's fantastic. If he hits 240 and plays a league average defense, then that's less good, but it's not crippling either. They're not asking him to be the crux of their entire operation. They just want him to be healthy. That's all. That, if he goes down, then things could start turning. But Elvis Andrews is not the crux offensively. He is a crux defensively, and they just needed him to play games. That's all they're asking for from him. If he's league average, that's great. Just be league average, Elvis, and stay healthy. Play in like 130 games. That's all that I want. And in order to get Elvis Andrews, they had to trade away Chris Davis and his contract for 2021, which allowed the A's to sign a bunch of relievers, the cat to improve their bullpen, and now they have all that depth, which is great. Uh, While KD leaving isn't necessarily what you want as a fan, as someone that sees the A's window potentially closing, it's understandable after struggles the last two seasons that they would try to move that contract to open up other revenue streams and try to improve the club by getting a DH like Mitch Moreland to come over. Uh, He's a solid veteran and a much-needed left-handed bat that uh, helped balance out the lineup a little bit. So adding Mitch Moreland could be a huge move for the A's. Uh, We're we're gonna find out starting here in a couple of days. So the answer to whether this team will be better than last year's version revolves around how Andrews and Moreland perform compared to Marcus Simeon and Chris Davis. And will Rosenthal be the shutdown closer the A's need? Those are the things that you're looking for if you're trying to figure out if this team is better or worse than 2020. And I don't think that that's talked about enough. I've said it a bunch of times on this podcast, so uh, sorry for repeating myself, but it's the the point that I want to make there is that that's really what the offseason comes down to. I think the bullpen, you know, the the peripheral pieces are just as good as last year. Are they going to be, you know, the best in the league Because uh, by bullpen area? Probably not, because it's a much longer season. It's harder to have, you know, like a two ERA or whatever the hell they had last year that led baseball and bullpen ERA. Just because the season's longer, guys get hurt. You don't have all your best options the entire season. But I think that they're still going to be really good. They have plenty of guys that have done it before. They have plenty of guys that have a lot of upside. J.B. Wendelkin still isn't talked about in any form or fashion, and he had a 180 ERA last year. He's been solid since he made it to the majors. Nobody talks about him as a bullpen piece. Everybody's like, yeah, Lou Trevino, because he had a one really good year, but he's been, you know, okay since. J.B. Wendelkin's, uh, in my mind, above Lou Trevino in the depth chart. And uh, the national media does not talk about him enough. So, want to give him some play. Anyways, I got some more pitching to talk about. So, I got more good vibes coming your way. We're talking about the rotation. So, stay locked in. What locked on is, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specific and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It's a very valid question to add copy. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear about its box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. And also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. Again, bold prediction. Send them to me at Lockdown A's. That's going to be a very fun episode. I'm going to go bonkers. (laughs) All right. So uh, I just talked about a lot of the moves that the A's made over the offseason and why I think this A's team could be better than the 2020 version. But I haven't talked about the starting rotation whatsoever. And that's partly because not a lot has changed, honestly. Uh, At least not when everybody's healthy. But we got Chris Bastick going opening day. He's got the opening day start right behind him. You got Jesus Luzardo The three through five spots are a little bit up in the air currently as the A's await some injury news on Frankie Montas and seeing where they're going to slot him. Uh, And also that affects where they're going to put Sean Minaya because my assumption is they want to go lefty righty or, you know, righty lefty in this case with Chris Bassett, the righty going first and Jesus Luzardo, the lefty going second. Uh, so I think that they want to keep something like that, uh, you know, available to them if possible. And the reason that there is a competition for that final spot is because Mike Fires is going to miss the first few turns, maybe a couple turns in the rotation due to some back and hip discomfort. So with him on the shelf for a couple of weeks, you got AJ Puck, Cole Irvin, and Dalton Jeffries all vying for that number five spot. They've all turned in their exams. Now it's a matter of, uh, grading the exams, I guess is the, the analogy I want to go for. Uh, we should know in the next, uh, probably day or so, who is going to be the fifth starter in the rotation. Whether or not they actually start the fifth game of the season, which would be the first game of the Dodgers series, remains to be seen. Maybe they play against the Astros instead, uh, depending on if the Astros or Dodgers have a harder time against righties or lefties. Where can the A's get their biggest advantage uh, and all that stuff? It looks like it could be Puck because he's healthy. They've been waiting on him to be healthy, entering a season for a couple of years now, and uh, maybe this is the time to just unleash him and let him reign terror on the league. Uh, but by comparison, Dalton Jeffries and Cole Irvin have had arguably better spring trainings, and... I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with one of them personally just because of the road that they're on right now. But if it's AJ Puck, I'm not complaining whatsoever. I've been waiting for him for a couple of years too. I want to see him succeed at the big league level and stay healthy for an entire season. Uh, keep that in mind for bold predictions because I'm talking about it. Um, anyways, uh, we got Sean Manaya slotted in, in in the rotation somewhere. In his final start of the spring on Monday, Manaya went three and a third innings, gave up five earned on five hits and four walks. He also struck out out five and Manaya either lost his control or was getting squeezed in the third inning when he gave up three runs before being lifted for Domingo Acevedo who allowed a sack fly for the second out and Manaya's fifth run of the game uh, because spring training is really funky uh, Manaya was able to come back into the game in the fourth and he worked a one two three th- fourth inning so uh yeah he got the last bit of his work in he calmed down, he, he got better, and that was fine. So, if you remember, though, Sean Mania was wrapped up last spring, too, collecting a 1066 ERA. This spring, he has a 528, and that's because he had the, the one blow-up start heading into the season. Uh, the big difference, though, for Mania between this spring and last is that last year he was getting roughed up each time out where this year he'd allow a run or two in each start before Monday's blow up so I don't think that we should be concerned about Cha and, and you know be throwing our arms up and being like what a, why is he on the team anymore uh, I, I think that he's gonna be just fine personally uh, you know I, I think that he was getting squeezed a little bit uh, according to Dom Catronio of the uh, the A's cast ra- the radio broadcast that I was listening to so back to the unknowns in the A's rotation uh, the fifth starters but again, unknown currently. And I talked about it in depth on Friday's show and gave some options for how to fill Mike Fire's spot to start their season and potentially for fires and Montas if Montas needs to miss a little bit of time because uh he fractured he ripped his cuticle Uh, he didn't fracture his cuticle I don't think that that's the thing uh he ripped his cuticle on his pitching hand in his last start so he may need a couple of days he may need a couple of weeks but he should be just fine once he gets going um it sounded like Montas will be okay for his first start but My guess is that the A's may have him uh, in the fifth spot in that first game against the Dodgers to give him an extra day or two to recover, so... Whoever is the guy that we don't know in the rotation right now could be starting game three, game four. We should find out in the next day or less. Um, a lot of people in the national media are down on the A's this year, though, and I don't think that they're looking closely enough, mostly because of what I said in the first segment with Oakland bringing in very suitable stopgaps to fill their needs, but also because the A's may have the best rotation in the division, so they have a really nice bullpen, they have you know the same offense that's been getting the job done for the last three seasons, and they have a pretty decent rotation, it's the same team that keeps winning 97 games, and they're like, yeah, they're going to fall off. They're going to win 82 or 78, and that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It does not compute. Um, I just think that there's a, there's a bias in in big baseball against the A's, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> but let's get into some of the reasons why I'm a little bit optimistic with this rotation. You got Jesus Luzardo; he could bust out and challenge for a Cy Young at any moment. You got Chris Bassett who finished eighth in the Cy Young voting a year ago. And if Frankie Montas can put together a full season, not even put it together for a full season, I mean just like pitching a full season, then he has Cy Young stuff too. So you got three guys that could be in the Cy Young voting In their rotation, uh, you're telling me that they're not a good team? Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, You got Mania and Fires; They're solid. And as we've seen in spring training, Dalton Jeffries, Cole Irvin, and A.J. Puck could all fill in in a pinch. So as I've been saying, uh, you don't know where your innings are coming from this season. Uh, We don't know if injuries are going to be on the rise because of the shortened season last year, but the A's have enough depth, I think, in order to combat injuries if they do occur. Uh, obviously, which pitchers get injured would be a bigger factor as well, but I think that the A's have enough starting pitching where they could have a, a a second rotation potentially. Would it be as good? No. But could they get some decent innings? Maybe some guys with like four or five ERAs? Yeah, I think that that's possible. Bring in Grant Holmes and... Uh, James Caprillian too. That's another rotation for you. And uh, I, I think they'd be okay. Not as good, but they'd be okay. And the A's rotation has upside and decent depth. And that is definitely a recipe that I like heading into 2021 after the shortened season. This year may not be uh, as much about how good is your good, but how deep is your bench? And that's where I think that the A's have an advantage over the rest of the division. And a lot of teams in the AL, too, like the White Sox, they have a really good team. They have a scary bunch of players. Their rotation's good. Their bullpen's great. Their lineup is fearsome. But Aloy Jimenez goes down, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wow, uh, Adam Eaton's going to play, I guess? I'm not even sure if it's actually Adam Eaton, but uh, that's a huge step down right there. And the A's don't have that because they have so much depth. I mean, even if Matt Olsen went down, he's looking like he's going to have a fire season right now. But even if he went down, you got Mitch Moreland, who's the DH right now, but he can play a pretty decent first base too. And also be maybe not as big of a power hitter, but... He's got a decent bat, so even if Matt Olsen went down, the A's would be okay. It's Elvis Andres that needs to stay healthy so that Chad Pinder can still go around and do what he does as a utility guy. So uh, with just a little bit of luck, people could be asking how they slept on the A's again. And I, I think that that's you know kind of right where the A's want to have people. Is I don't think that they're sneaking up on teams, but the national media never pays attention to the A's. And... Uh, cool, I guess. I guess uh, we get to pay attention to them and have a lot more fun with this team. So anyways, coming up, I'm going over what happens if things break down. I'm sorry in advance. You don't have to stay locked in if you don't want to. (laughs) I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Football's over. We know football's over. BetOnline, calm down. But the NBA, you got the college basketball, the March Madness, that's going on right now. Uh, they are getting close to the end of that. That that just finishes in a hurry these days. Um, also, the NHL's going. Baseball starts up in just a couple of days. Tomorrow, I'm going over some of the BetOnline prop bets that... Or just around baseball because I want to have some fun before baseball season starts and Start throwing money at prop bets. <laughs> Anyways, if, if sports aren't your thing, which would be weird that you're listening to this podcast, uh, they also do awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website or use your mobile device and use the promo code Locked On when you sign up today. And then... When you use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and that's why everybody's saying the better online are your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now, and Built Bar is the low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is time for some Built Bar madness. Today's matchup is Cookies and Cream versus Cookie Dough Chunk, and if you listen to my ad read from yesterday, the day before, I forget which one. It was definitely Cookie Dough Chunk. I'm sticking with Cookie Dough Chunk. Get out of here cookies and cream (laughs) They're both delicious, but I love cookie dough. I really love cookie dough Um, and I also uh, I have the whole bracket right now and um, I I do want to say coconut brownie chunk Still in the race and that one that's been my pick the entire time my backup pick has been cookie dough though so It's going to be a real barn burner if they face each other in the finals because we are down to the nitty gritty right now, you guys. And if you want to place your bet for any of these bars, just go to BuiltBar.com or to Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st feature's in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. The AL West one went up on Friday. I sounded great. Go hear what I said. And also follow the Locked On MLB podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. And listen to me because I was great. (laughs) Anyways, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and all of my shenanigans... Please follow us on social media at A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And also, I skipped over the part where I ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you're liking the show. Uh, You can also leave us a rating and a review if you're on Apple and you like Apple Podcasts. uh, Please hit five stars. That's very much appreciated. It helps us uh, move up the ranks. And I think that my new goal is to get into the top 20 in baseball podcasts in America. I've done number one in Finland. I've been number one in like Russia. I want to be in the top 20. I think that that's reasonable, the top 20 in America. And I think that that I need more five-star reviews. I think that that's what it is. So if you like what I do, please hit five stars on that review and uh, with that Let's make you very sad if you made it this far and talk about what happens if the wheels fall off on the A's 2021 season. So um, let's start, I guess, shall we? I think that Kai Tom has the tools to succeed at the big league level, and I would love to see him continue to drop hits to the opposite field when the regular season begins, too. My one concern so far is that, according to baseball reference, the competition that he's been facing has been roughly the equivalent of high A pitching, and on average, I mean, he he got a hit, he a nice little grounder uh, against Lance Lynn. So he got a hit against a a tough big league pitcher that gave the A's fits last year. But on average, he's facing high A pitching. And maybe that's why his stats look good. Does that mean that he's not going to succeed? No, not at all. I I think that our expectations are very high given the stat line that we've seen and his nearly 1000 OPS. I don't know that that's necessarily in store, but if he can give you like a 750 or something like that, in his first taste of the big leagues, I think that that's reasonable. I would enjoy that as long as he's a tough out and he's advancing runners and he's doing, you know, baseball things. I think that that's good. But, uh, I just wanted to bring up the baseball reference thing because I said that I would, and I am, and here we are. <laughs> also, moving on to other things that could go wrong, and that is, uh, you know, if Trevor Rosenthal pitches more like he did in 2019 when he was just returning from Tommy John and had a walk rate of 15.3 per nine innings, then uh, his time as the A's closer could be short-lived and because uh, that's not going to get the job done. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, and that would move everybody up a spot in the bullpen. Could they handle it? I think that the A's have enough depth. As I said, you know, in the previous two segments, the A's have a lot of depth, and I think that that is their big advantage to securing their second AOS title. But I really like Jake Diekman As the roving lefty, that can work the 7th, 8th, or ninth, depending on the game situation. But if you move him into just the ninth, and he's kind of cemented there, and it could hurt the overall production of the bullpen. Uh, And sticking with the bullpen, Yuzmuro Petit is one of Bob Melvin's most trusted relievers. And while he had a solid 20-20, a lot of balls were headed to the warning track late in the season. And he also gave up at least a run in three of his five playoff appearances. If he falters, then the A's lose their rock in the bullpen and jb wendelkin could be that guy but i also like him as a potential late ending option so uh there's a lot at play here where it's a little bit fragile but i think that they have the pieces as long as everybody performs okay um in the rotation if mike fires injury lingers and then montas goes down then the ace start pulling on their depth fairly early you like having depth but you don't want to go to it in april um and then you got Puck, Irvin, and Jeffries have looked great this spring, but once there's a book on them, then they're going to also have to start making adjustments. So I think that they can have early success, but could they do it over the course of a full season? That is another big question mark that would have to be answered. So we'll see. If Luzardo does not take the next step and finishes with an ERA closer to last year's 4.12, then the A's may not necessarily have that top of the rotation guy to compete in the postseason if they even make it that far. Uh, Expect the A's to be active at the trade deadline one way or another, whether they are adding big pieces or trading big pieces remains to be seen. But personally, I like the team that they've assembled. The window is still open, and if the front office swings for the fences in July to address any areas of need, then they could really be in business for a deep October run. This is a big year for the A's because they have a lot of players that will hit free agency yet again following this season, and how well they perform in 2021 could determine the the arc of the franchise for the next couple of seasons. Uh, that's all I've got for you guys today. Tomorrow I'm going over some prop bets. On Thursday I'm giving you guys my bold predictions. So if you guys have one, please tweet it at us at Locked On A's and I'll read it on the show. I've already gotten some very, very good ones. Lots of them are home run centric. Um, so if you got any for us, hit us up at Locked On A's and uh, I'll read them on the show for you guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you tomorrow.